Greetings, friends. Good morning, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today, we're looking to start our week like we do most weeks with some wisdom, some encouragement from the Psalms and from the Proverbs. We're ready for Psalm 145 and 146 this morning. And 145 is just loaded with truth, just loaded. And we're going to focus in on verse 20 once we get there this morning. Uh, but it's one of those Psalms that we could just keep going and going and, and digging into and digging into and digging into. We're also going to read Proverbs chapter 6 today, which is another warning and wisdom given to uh, Solomon's sons. And he's going to tell them that there are six things that God hates. And we'll be looking at those. And then he's going to warn them again. Over and over, and over Solomon warns his sons about the dangers of adultery, the dangers of fornication, the dangers of a strange woman, and what that leads to. And uh, Proverbs chapter 6 is no exception. Uh, he really hammers that home again. So that is what is on the agenda this morning. I'm praying that you'll be blessed, that your hearts will be pierced, and that this Word of God will just cause you to draw ever more near to Him. With that said, let's begin. I'm going to be read, reading from the King James Bible, Psalm 145, David's Psalm of Praise. Verse 1. I will exalt thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another, and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty, and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness, and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are all over his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord and thy saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. To make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The Lord upholdeth all that fail, all that fall, and he raises up those that be bowed down. The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Thou openest thy hands and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desires of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love him. 
but all the wicked will he destroy. My mouth shall speak of the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. So that is Psalm 145. We're going to read 146 too. It's just a few verses, but this is the one that we want to focus in on. First of all, David goes into just how kind and merciful that God is with verses 8, 9, and 10. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He's slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are all over His works. All thy works shall praise thee, all, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. Then it says that the Lord is nigh unto them that call upon him, all that call upon him in truth. You have to call upon him in truth. And then, let's zero in on verse 20. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked he destroy. You know, as people look at the times that we're living in, they start to get really, really uneasy, and with a good reason. And one might be tempted to think, well, clearly there's some type of judgment that's begun, whether it's, you know, some speculate that God has just removed his hand of protection, or uh, like what the scriptures say, that he's that, that because this generation refuses to retain God in their knowledge. He has given them over to a reprobate mind. And people start to think, well, we're just going to be destroyed right alongside the wicked. That is not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that that God is able to preserve his own, even in the midst of judgment. What did Psalm 145 verse 20 say? The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will be destroyed. Let's just look at some parallel verses here, uh, just to give you more encouragement. We'll start with, with the words of Jesus from the Gospel of John, chapter 10. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Jesus is saying those that belong to him, he has given them an eternal life. They're never going to perish, and there's nothing that men can do to interrupt that. They, they, they cannot take you out of the hands of God. Romans chapter 8. 28 through 30. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. By the way, not all things don't work together for all people. It's all things work together for them that do two things. Number one, that they love God and that they were called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, meaning he knew you in advance. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, 
them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. There's a ton there that we don't have time to just unpack this morning, but find encouragement in the fact that you know God through his son Jesus, and God had called you to be that before you were ever born. James chapter 2, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? And I have two passages from Peter. First Peter chapter 1, 5 through 8, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, in whom through now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with unspeakable and full of glory. Peter's saying these tri this trial that's going on in your life right now, it's to purify your faith, which is more precious than gold. And when it's done being you know, there is an end point. It's, this, is, this trial is not forever. When it's done being tried with fire, you'll be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The point of the trial is to change you, to increase your faith so that you are who you, God needs you to be at the appearing of Jesus when he comes back. You see, God's not really interested in us living our best lives now. What he's interested in us is us becoming in conforming to the image of his son Jesus and being ready for that day when Jesus appears. More precious than gold. Now, let me read you my favorite one about this topic. Let me first let me rehash verse 20 of the psalm here. The Lord preserveth all them that love him, but all the wicked will he destroy. So here's my favorite one that goes along with this. Chapter 2. Of, or Second Peter chapter two verse nine, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust into the day of judgment to be punished. God knows how to do these things. He knows how to reserve the unjust for the wrath and the judgments and all those things that are coming. But in the midst of that, He knows how to preserve the godly out of temptations. In other words, you can trust the Lord with your life. He's got it under control. He's not taken by surprise. He's not wondering, oh man, how am I going to juggle this? How am I going to preserve my people while I still have to deal with the weak? This is not a hard thing for God. So rest in the comfort that you were chosen from the foundations of the earth. Just like Paul said, you are predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Like Jesus said, no one can take you from my hand and no one can take you from God's hand. That trial that's going on in your life, that trial, this is about purifying your faith so that you are ready at the appearing of Christ. 
All these things have a purpose as it relates to his people. All good things work out for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Continuing on. Psalm 146. Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. But not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, uh, he returneth to his earth, and that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the, hath, that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all therein, which keepeth truth forever, which executeth judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry, the Lord looses the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth righteous, the righteous. The Lord preserveth the stranger. He reliveth the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked are turneth upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Even thy God, O Zion, unto all generations, praise ye the Lord. So that, my friends, is Psalm 145 and 146. And now let's have a look at Proverbs chapter 6 to wrap up our broadcast for this morning. Here's a little wisdom to you. It's a continuation of Solomon giving wisdom to his sons. Let's have a look. My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. When thou art come into the hand of thy friend, go, humble thyself, and make sure thy friend. Give not sleep to thy eyes, nor slumber to thy eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter, and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, which having no guile, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer, and gathereth her food in the harvest. I hate to say it, but those are, those are, that's some wisdom that this generation needs desperately. What is Solomon saying? He's saying, look at the ant. Observe the ways of the ant. She has no boss, no one telling her what to do, and yet she works and provides and stores up food for due season. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. The, in other words, thou lazy person. Consider her ways and be wise, having no guide, overseer, or ruler. Provide her meat in the summer and gather her food in the harvest. Verse 9. How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? When will thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that travaileth, and thy want as an armed man. He's saying sluggardness, laziness. There comes a time when that leads to poverty. Verse 12. 
A naughty person, a wicked man walketh with a froward mouth. Please note, when the King James Bible says froward, it's basically another way of saying perverse. So it says, a naughty person, a wicked man walketh with a perverse mouth. He winketh with his eye, he speaketh with his feet, and he teaches with his fingers. Frowardness, perverseness, is in his heart. He devises mischief continually. He soweth discord. Now, what Solomon's about to do, he just described what a perverse man does. He, he soweth discord. He's always devising mischiefness. His, his, his mouth is perverse. The words in his mouth are perverse. Verse 15, Therefore shall his calamity come suddenly, and suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. And then Solomon goes on, verse 16, to give us six things that God hates, which is really just a description of that perverse man. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. It's not just that God hates these things. It's an abomination. It's filth to him. And what you'll see is a lot of them have to do with lying and deception. A proud look a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood a heart that devises wicked imaginations feet that that be swift in running to mischief a false witness that speaketh lies and then number 7 and he that soweth discord among the brethren so first of all, he hates lying tongues and those who speak lies to bear false witness. And he really hates, and it's an abomination to him, those who sow discord among the brethren. Those who are spreading rumors and causing fights and debates and turning one on another. God hates it. It's an abomination. Verse 12, bind them continually upon thy heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light. And reproofs of instruction are the way of life. And now he's going to warn his sons for the rest of of this passage for the next 11 verses about the dangers of taking on a strange woman of adultery of daring to go into your neighbor's wife this all leads to your demise and you will not be found guiltless for doing these things here's what he says verse 25 or 24 to keep thee from the evil woman from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Lust not after her beauty in thy heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. In other words, don't let her seduce you. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. And the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Can man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not get burned? Right. He's pointing out like, look, 
this is how obvious it is. You, if you're going to do this, expect some serious trouble. Can, can you take fire and like bring it to your chest and expect your clothes not to get burned? That's how foolish it is to think that you can get away with with all of that. Verse twenty-eight. Can go? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not get burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her shall not be innocent. Men do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his soul when he is hungry, but if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold, and he shall give all his sustenance of his house. But whosoever committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. Solomon takes the time to point out, he's like, look, if somebody steals food because they're hungry, you know, you can find them, just don't despise them, and they can make that situation right. You know, they can kind of make that situation okay for the mistake that they made out of hunger. But if you commit adultery, you're just stupid is what he's saying. You lack understanding. You're destroying your own soul. And anybody who's been in this situation, and many have, you know what the writer's talking about because you've paid the consequences. Like, you've had to live that out. And you know that what he's saying is true. Like, hey, that really does lead to trouble. But so whosoever committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding, he that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of a man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom, neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts. He's saying, if you go into your neighbor's wife, the rage of that man is going to be very, very hard to escape. There's too many troubles, Solomon's saying, that comes along with this behavior. Don't do it. Be wise. And Solomon would know, as a man who had hundreds and hundreds of concubines and hundreds and hundreds of wives, and many of them foreign, disobeying God's commandments, uh, to take wives from foreign lands, which ultimately led him astray and led him to start doing idol worship and Solomon is, is sharing this knowledge because he's well aware of the consequences that come with this. Well, there you go. That's a lot of topics in a short amount of time. I pray that you've been blessed this morning. That these words have pierced your hearts and have challenged you. But more importantly, that because of hearing the word of God, your faith is increased. And you are drawing near and more near to him. Thanks for listening. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.